All right, you guys. Well, I am thrilled to be here today and we are following through not only now it's episode, I don't even know what episode number we are at anymore, but most of all, we are 2023 and I'm following through on social marketing and network marketing because Forbes magazine just announced that digital marketing will be one of the top three highest paying jobs in 2023. And I felt like we really need to put the emphasis on that because this is all about being inspired for more. And after interviewing Jordan Adler a few episodes ago, ago, I was thinking about who else could I be bringing on? And Stefan was one of the people who came top of mind because we've not only, we're both Canadians, we're both from Quebec. And so I was so excited to have him on and he was the first one top of mind after interviewing Jordan Adler. And I thought, He's a top leader in his network marketing company. He's been a traditional entrepreneur and he merged into network marketing. What I love about his story is that he was not instant famous. And so he was always in a state of being inspired for more, which is so suited for this podcast. And we were discussing and he's built businesses all around the world. He's built international business. He's become an international speaker as well. And what's so powerful about this is that he actually merged his company with his beautiful wife and they've created systems that have duplicated all around the world. And so it's very inspiring to be in his presence today. And so welcome, Stefan, to Inspired for More. I am thrilled to have you. Thank you, Alexandra. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you here. And most of all, because you're such a success story. Now, you've been with the actual company that you're with now for how long? 11 years. Okay, so we actually started in our same companies at the very same time. That's so funny. Okay. That's so ironic. I didn't realize that. And so he's been with the same company for 11 years. How long have you been in the network marketing space for? Well, that's a different story. 30 years. <laughs> Incredible. And when I think when like when you first got involved in network marketing, what was the thing? Like, how did you get involved? How did you even hear about network marketing? Because I know for myself, I didn't even know that I was part of a network marketing company till I was a year in to my network no marketing way. company. <laughs> no way. Well, that's okay. I'll, I'll try to do it short, but I have to just put a little bit of background, be, you know, before this. Um, basically, when I was a teenager, I was in school and um, the teacher gave us a test, aptitude test that would determine the kind of career we would be good at. And I was introvert, shy guy. And so I get the results. And at that time, my father had been in Amway. And he had these books, like piles of books on personal development. And so I I had just read for the last year my first book. It was The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. I was fascinated by everything we can accomplish in life. And so I thought, okay, I there's many things I want to accomplish. I want to, I, of course, I want financial success. I want time freedom. I want all these things. So I get the test. I get the results. And the, the, I look at the right column because it shows how much income, you know, we should be, we can make, you know, what is the highest career. And, uh, and the best one was plumber. Well, $36,000 a year. And I thought, okay, I have nothing against plumbers. It's just that it's not my passion. That's not what I want to do. But I looked around the, the, the classroom and everybody were lining up with what the test was giving them as a result. And that was going to be their career. And I freaked out. I thought, this is not what I want to do. This is crazy. Why the school system is teaching us that a test is going to determine what we're going to do. Forget this. And so at that time, I decided I was going to create success in my life, become an entrepreneur, create success. I didn't know what, but then I would come back and teach people how to create success. And so fast forward to your question, when did I discover MLM? What happened is 
two years later, two, three years later, I'm in like in the kitchen. I walk in the kitchen. My father is sitting at a table with two of my uh, siblings and he's drawing circles on a piece of paper. And I'm walking behind. And first time you see those circles, you're like, what is that thing? And so I look at that and, you know, they're talking and finally they leave. And I ask my father, what's that thing? Tell me, like, what is that? So he explained the concept of multiplication and I got fascinated. I couldn't sleep that night. That's how I was introduced to the concept. And his idea at the time, he had been in Amway for many years. He kind of stopped doing that, focused on his traditional business. And he had an idea of creating a, a, an MLM company. And I said, I will create it. Wow. And that's how it started. That's unbelievable. I didn't even know that story. So you grew up in the network marketing like space. Like how old were you when your father got involved? <laughs> yeah, it was, oh boy. I don't know when he got involved, but um, I didn't grow up really in there because I was really young when he was in it. And uh, he had just started a uh, like the first Bombardier dealership. So he was selling snowmobiles. And so that business was really growing and his Amway business was growing. And at some point he had to make a choice and he decided to focus on his you know traditional business. And so that's when like years later, that's where I discovered you know this these circles because he wanted to create a company. And so I didn't see him because I was very, very young. Yeah. Um, but I grew up with the mindset of an entrepreneur, of the potential that you can accomplish. Because I think Amway is one of the best schools for a lot of people that, you know, you learn that you can do whatever you want. And so it helped him in his traditional business. And wow. so, um, so, yeah, that's kind of a. So happen. you did actually start as like an independent contractor, just like you and I were independent contractors now for other separate companies. You started as the owner of a network marketing company. Yeah. So tell, and tell us a little bit about that. So you were how old? You were 19? I was 19, 20 years old with my with Claudia. We just started to, you know, wow. be together. And um, and what happened is the idea was kind of a Costco type of a place where people would go because at the time my father when he was in Amway the direct distributors would have all the inventory in their house and they would like the distributors would come to their place and they would pick their products and so they were kind of mini warehouses and right. he wanted to create a big store where people would walk in and buy all kinds of stuff milk breads whatever anything you want and so that was the idea so then at the time, I, I thought, well, if we have one store, like one place, why don't we make an agreement with local merchants, like restaurants, sure. hotels, clothing stores? And mm -hmm. every time we drive traffic to their place, they give us a percentage of their sales, and we <laughs> distribute it through the network. And I, I needed to find a way to collect all this money from all these merchants around the world. And I thought, well, they already have credit cards. They already have all of this. And, and right. I know MasterCard keeps a percentage of the sales. And so I decided to make an agreement with MasterCard and the National Bank of Canada. Now, can you imagine that 20-year-old, you show up in the National Bank of Canada on the 20th floor, no. meeting with the VP of marketing, the VP of finance. Like, guess what? When, when I told that to my father and a couple of people, they thought, this is never going to happen. Like at that time, like they would say pyramid scheme, like all of that. No bank is going to get involved in this. And I thought, well, you always told me that whatever you set your mind to, you can achieve. And he says, oh, my gosh. Amen. <laughs> and so Amen. he made it happen. 
We made it happen. We came with, with the first co-branded credit card by the National Bank of Canada. We modified their computer system. It cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I didn't have the money. I figured it out like, like anything else, right? You set your mind to it. I got, I need $100,000. I need $350,000. Wow. I need this. And I, I would get them, like not right away, but it would happen. And so we created that card. And um, long and behold, basically a couple of years into it, um, I had at some point to have to bring more investors and we were going to create the like a service, um, like banking kind of a company with all kinds of financial services. Uh, I hired Randy Gage at the time. Uh, he's a big name in the industry. And um, anyway, so we were going to do that. But I freaked out because the investors told me, Stefan, you're going to be spending like your time on the road. We're going to open Canada, U.S. Um, you, you're going to need to learn to speak English. You're going to, you know. You didn't speak English at all at that time. No, 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 no. Even with Randy, I had a translator that came with me to, you know, speak with him. So I didn't speak English. And so, so anyway, there was all this commitment where it was the next 10 years minimum. It would be 80 hours a week. I would be on the road. It was going to be crazy. And I didn't sign up for that when I discovered network marketing. I thought it's freedom. It's time freedom. It's helping people. So the corporate side of the business, I didn't like. And Claudia was pregnant with our second daughter. And I said, I'm not going to have a family life at all. And I decided to close the company. And and so at that time, I decided to just join as a distributor in another company and just enjoy life, right? Building the teams. (laughs) It didn't happen that way exactly. Yeah, I was about to get into that. I was going to say, was it an easy ride? Because I think that's one big misconception. And, you know, one thing for sure is entrepreneurship is going to have its hardships at any time. And there's going to be, there's a price to pay for success. And I, and I love what you were just sharing about how you went knocking at the door of like the national bank. And I was just reading a book recently and they were talking about how to create really bold success in your life. And he, they specifically mentioned that being naive, the more, sometimes people feel like they need to know everything to be successful, but the more naive we are, the more bold we are in our pursuit because we don't create fear around the things that we think that we know in our life. And I love you just sharing that story because it's like totally like running towards that dream. And uh, of course the dream was always to create the life that you have today. And it's so admirable to watch you on social media. He actually has the best reels, So make sure to go follow him. I like literally comment and laugh every time I watch your reels because you're so relatable to our industry and you, you're really a true ambassador for our industry. And I'm just so thankful for you. So when you first started, so you're like, okay, forget it. I'm not going to be an, I'm not going to be an owner of a network marketing company, a social marketing company. I'm going to go and be an independent contractor. I'm going to sign up as a distributor. I'm going to get started. So you started with that one company and we were talking really quickly. He did 16 years, 16 years of, so why why don't you bring us through that journey and how you felt through all the ups and downs? Well, again, I have to do a little bit of background. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. You know, behind this, because here's what the crazy thing, you say naive and it's so right on point because each night, and you can imagine, I had this dream of the credit card with National Bank of Canada. I could see it. I could visualize it. Then they call me. I say, okay, we're we're in. It's going to be like make a transfer of $100,000 to this bank number because we're going to hire 
people to modify the computer system. And I thought, okay, great. So I hang on the phone. I celebrate. And then I think, holy cow, how do I get $100,000? And so, but it was one thing after the other. I just made things happen. Here's what the problem. Every night I would come back home and I would tell Claudia, this is too easy. This is not my life. This is not my story. Why would I say that? Because I was reading these books on all these champions, these people who accomplished great things in their life. And they have these ups and downs and these inspirational stories. And I thought, my story is boring. It's like everything I want, I get. No way, this is not going to be my life. This is not going to be my story. I don't want this. I want to inspire people. And so I believe that shutting down the company, joining another MLM company, not getting like the company also decided that they closed the network marketing model. So then, all right, I join another company. Then we need to make money. We're not making the money we want. So I start a rental, like a snowmobile rental business because I grew up in that field. So I start that, do my network marketing business on the side at night. I try to build in markets. I don't even speak the language. Um, Claudia is working two jobs, sometimes three jobs so that our kids have everything, you know, they need like private school and all the lessons, key lessons, whatever. And I'm grinding it like every night when the kids are in bed, guess what? I jump online and I'm working my business till midnight, sometimes two o'clock in the morning. And then a company again, close and then join another company. And I did that for 16 years. One day it's my birthday. We go to the spa and we come back home, we're, you know, relaxing. And I say, I, I tell Claudia, I say, what happened to me? Like, I had everything. Like, when you met me, everything I wanted, I was getting. It was happening like that. And she said, what do you mean, what happened? I said, yeah, what happened? She said, well, I know what happened. You know what happened? What happened? And she said, don't you remember? Like you were complaining each night that that was not your story. You wanted to have an inspirational story. You wanted to have struggles. And I said, you knew that all this time for 16 years. And so, and I said that that moment, I said, well, watch out. I'm back. Yeah. And things turned around and we started to grow our teams uh, we opened South Korea. Uh, we start. We were the first to build in Europe. Now Europe is one of the biggest markets. Not necessarily our team, but our team is one of the fastest growing wow. teams. Uh, we opened Canada for the company. Like anyway, things went crazy, and it's everything we tell our mind and believe. And I wanted that story, and so thank goodness Claudia stood by my side and, and now we get to work together. So so adorable. And it's so ironic too, because you mentioned that when you were a teenager, you read that famous book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. But yet sometimes you can know something, but applying it is totally two different things, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow. So really, you when you, every time you were signing up to a new company, you always had that dream inside of you, but there was something inside of you that was stopping you from really showing up full out. Well, yes. Um, and I, I think it's just these, you know, I, I'm a analytical type of a guy. And so I think the more you get into learning 
So I would read a book. I would read, like, again, on a coaching program. I would buy this other training. And they would teach us, okay, you need to approach people with a cassette tape. And you give that to people. And, and so, okay, then, oh, you need to pass out flyers. You go to parking lots and you do this. And then I would learn this other system on AOL like America online where you're going to chat with people. And, and so I learned that and I, I would do things, but it, every time I was learning something new, I felt that was the key. And so I was all over the place and I got to a place where I questioned everything because I was not sure, is this the right thing? Is that, what am I missing? What, is there something they're not telling me? Mm-hmm. I was looking for the secret all the time. What's the secret? What's the thing I don't know that I don't know? And um, and so because of that, I was not 100% in it. So I would apply, get a little bit of results, but not as much as I hoped for. And then I would move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's so true. And I think a lot of people could, that are listening are probably relating themselves to, we see successful people and we believe that they are doing something different. And we think that whatever their different thing is that we don't have. And I think that lack of confidence definitely affects our results because what's your, what's your key? What's the secret to success in your opinion? Well, I think first, yes, the mindset, right? And that's the toughest part. And that's why they say psychology is 80% of your success. 20% is, you know, the mechanics, right? Um, it's crazy because in those days I was looking for, like I was investing in the mechanics, like figuring out all the things, <laughs> but I let go of the psychology, right. the naivete, right? The being yeah. naive. Um, and so, so I believe now that I came full circle, I could just keep pounding on people that it's, it's what you think, what you believe. And so that's the toughest part, especially when you're in a tough situation, when things are not going the way you want, and you have all these, this noise coming at you, telling you, yes, uh, you want to create great, you want to, I don't know, make X amount of money, but then your little voices are telling you, well, you got bills to pay, right? You're in debt, you got this, you got that, so don't fool yourself. And so you have these little voices coming up. So I think that's the biggest fight that we have to go through, especially nowadays with the mechanics being taught everywhere. Like we've got YouTube, we've got your podcast. I mean, if people just follow what you're teaching, I mean, they're, they're going to have what they need. Right. So, so I think we have easily access to the mechanics, but the psychology is the toughest part. Yeah. So, and, and coming back to the psychology, I loved how you shared that story about Claudia in the hot tub saying you already did that. And then you just snapped out of it and went off. And I think there's a lot of people listening right now. I know for myself, if I would have listened to this at one point in my business, I would love to hear what Stefan Peggy has to say about how do you go from failure, 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 failure to winning? Like I know in our profession, I always say you're going to go from, you're going to work, 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 get paid. Then you're going to work, 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 get paid paid maybe. And then you go work, 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 paid, paid. And then at one point it's going to go work, paid, work, pay, paid, work, pay, paid. And then it it kind of progresses with that time, but you have to put in your dues. And that does come with that famous mindset, but most people don't ever get past the work, 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 get paid. 
because they're so stuck in thinking that they're unsuccessful. So what are your top tips on really shifting your mindset to be yeah. successful? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a pattern because I've many times I've been like, you think that you get to a certain level where, okay, now everything happens and you just keep growing. No, you get stuck at different levels all the way. And, and especially when you get complacent because, Hey, things are good. You're living life. And, you know, and so you need to surround yourself with people like you so that they inspire you to go to the next level. And you see that you're playing the game too small. So you go, you know, higher, but how do you break through that limit? So the way I've done it multiple times is I have this vision that I have for myself and I got to make sure that that vision, I experience it with emotions. And so the way I would do it, and especially again, for an introvert, doing it at home by myself, nobody around and making sure that there's nobody coming that I don't see (laughs) is I'm going to play the the music, loud, exciting music, whatever I like. And I'm going to be like walking on stage sharing tips of how I created the success and I'm walking around in the house and I'm telling the story (laughs) and I'm on stage, I'm actually doing it. And so, so I'm living it to the point where I almost have tears coming down, right? It's like, I'm thrilled. It's exciting. I, I see the crowd it's happening. And so that's the first step. Now, The challenge that we face as we are doing that, and especially if we're in the car, because sometimes we say, okay, you got to think of your goals and imagine, and you're in the car and you're thinking of where you want to go. And you imagine that you're already there, but then you have these little voices, which is that that stage where um, what I do is I try to quiet the voices. So if I say, for example, I'm traveling to Tahiti because I won this trip with our company. And then the little voice says, Go, Demi. I mean, think about it. Like you're at this level, you know, when is this ever going to happen? And so what do I do is I'm, I'm talking about, okay, I'm in Tahiti. And then the voice comes up and say, oh, wow, wow, well, that's a crazy tree. So I just switch. Wow. That's such a great advice. I've never heard it. Yeah. So I break the voice from talking. I just stop it from just not talking about the dream, just switching to something, an object, something. And I, I just, you know, completely cut that. And I'm going to be able to get to a point where I'm able to speak that vision loudly to the point where the voice is not talking anymore. Right. So I'm going to tell my dream and then the voice start to talk. I switch. Then I say again the dream. I think about it. Then the voice starts to. But then eventually, because I keep cutting it, keep cutting it every time I talk about this, eventually the voice is not there anymore, So which is the third phase for me. At that point, I'm able to speak it, not necessarily with the emotions, but I'm able to say it and there's no voice. It's silence. So then I get to that level where now I add the emotions. I start to really live it. I start to imagine and feel how I feel. I walk out of the the airline, you know, the the, the plane, (laughs) you know, I I can feel it. I experience it. So that's the, the, the last level. And at that point, things start to happen, right? It's just, you start to manifest things. Um, Now, of course, you need to be in action. If you're just in the bed dreaming, (laughs) you don't do anything, nothing's going to happen. But that's the process. That's how you break through those 
limiting beliefs. That is like phenomenal advice, honestly, because I, to me, when you were talking about the whole emotion thing, I could relate to it in the sense that I remember leaving unsuccessful presentations and leaving and going in my car and saying the speech as if I had just promoted the next level and the same thing, tears in my eyes. So you see everybody listening. This is really powerful advice because it doesn't come like this. You have to have mental preparation. And clearly we're hearing that from Stefan right now. And one of the biggest things to me is the fact that you're an introvert and now you're an international speaker. And so most people would think that because I consider myself like an intro extrovert, like I love people, but I can only handle people for like three, four days. And then I need three days. Like nobody. (laughs) It's a real good balance. Right. And I only really realized that through being around people for too long. And then I realized I need that time for myself. And I think it's self-awareness is so powerful. But one thing is watching you on stage. How many people have you spoke to so far now internationally? Thousands. thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Thousands, but I don't know. uh, What was your biggest audience so far? I think it was maybe five or 8,000. I think something like that. So yeah. yeah. So like close to the 10,000 you guys of audience out there and he's an introvert. So yeah, but the, the five or 8,000 is not too scary because there's so much big lights that you only see the first row anyway. So it's okay. <laughs> I would say that too. Do you feel more intimidated in a crowd of 20 in a living room than in a crowd of thousands? <laughs> Probably even more coming up on a podcast. Like, my gosh, why am I shaking? What's going on? <laughs> you're amazing we love you and uh you know so that's one of the things I want to hear because did you ever see yourself speak because I think most people want the success affiliated with building a big business because you know exponential growth can happen in this industry you know a tremendous success flexibility can be achieved if you were willing to put in the work but there's a price to pay and one of the prices to pay is being a little bit more visible (laughs) Let's be real and putting ourselves out there. And that's really scary, especially when we're not used to. Uh, I know for you're living in the mountains now, you're still in a fairly small town. Uh, did you grow up in a small town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 4,000 people. So. so, to my point, most of us suffer from like this imposter syndrome of worrying what other people are going to think of us, all these different things. And then you go ahead and become an international speaker and start speaking out loud. So, t- can you bring us through a little bit of how you started to speak either on social media, like either going on a Facebook live and how you felt the first time and how that progressed into just bring us through the motions of how it started to feel speaking. Yeah. So, um, so I think the first times it's just like one-on-one, like one or two people. And then I remember one day I was at my accountant's office because he had invited businessman that was when I had my company mm-hmm. and invited a couple businessmen from the area and they were in the room. There were about 20 people. So I walk in the room and they're all sitting at a large table and he asked me to come up and there's no chair. Like, okay, so that means I need to stand up. And that's when I realized I need to stand up in front of these guys. And I looked at them and I felt kind of impressed by them because I was the little young guy they were more old and they were the businessmen that were successful in the area. So right. I was kind of impressed by them. And so what I, I, I was shaking, forget this. Like I had to grab a chair, sit down <laughs> and I sat down on the table and I did my pitch. I couldn't stand up. And after the pit, like I was swimming <laughs> all like crazy. And so that's how it started. But I did that one time, two times, three times, four times. 
And I think the, um, I played with my mind. Okay. So I had a vision. My vision was big. I knew I was going to create success, you know, worldwide business and all of that. So when I would walk in the room, I had to imagine that everybody else had their dreams, but mine was bigger than them. Mm-hmm. I had a bigger goal than them. And, and so I had to bring myself up mentally that I had something to share. I had bigger dreams, bigger vision than them. So, so I could deliver something. And so that's how, and I had to do that, right? Otherwise I would just freak out. And, um, and I remember even in a room, like the first bigger room was 350 people. And I, and I knew they were coming and they were coming. And I was in the front with the DJ on the side and, and I was starting to shake. And, and he gave me a trick. He said, okay, you grab the mic. And when you start to speak, tighten your uh, stomach, like your abs. And then you start to speak like this, right? Hello, everyone. And, and that's how you do it. Well, I didn't realize, but my wife, after the event, she, she said, like, I walked out and she said, why were you screaming the whole time? <laughs> I forgot to stop <laughs> tightening the abs and I was just screaming the whole time. So, um, so I can't say like, what's like how it happened. It was just like that. It was just like doing one, doing two, the doing multiple ones. And then eventually you get in front of 350 people, you get, get a trick. And, and so, so one of the things I've done after that, when I was speaking in front of like 500, a thousand people more recently, I would say in the last like 10 years, it was that I would like, when someone would tell me, so are you nervous? Your next on stage is not at all. I mean, I, I just can't wait to get in there, but I was so nervous. Mm. So nervous, but I I knew that if I told them that I was nervous, you would start to feel it. I would start to feel it because I would walk on stage knowing that they know I'm nervous. But if they think I'm not nervous, they look at me from the angle that this guy's not nervous. So I just don't have to act like I'm nervous because I'm not. I told them I'm not. <laughs> so it is psychology. So I did that, and and I got to the point where truly. When someone would ask me, are you nervous? No. And I understood something one day. I don't remember who said that. But they said, what's the difference between when you're in fear, when you're nervous versus when you're excited? How does your body react? And it's the exact same way. Right. Your body doesn't know the difference. You're like trembling or you're, you're, you know, there's something going on. And so I thought, okay, this is what I'm experiencing. I'm excited to get on stage. And so that this is where I'm at now is, you know, when someone asked me to get on stage, yeah, let's, let's do it. I'm happy. It's exciting. Uh, but I had to pretend until it became real. Oh my God. I love this. And so as we're concluding this, yeah, we talked about how much tremendous success you built. So evidently you built financial success. You've built flexibility. You've built a really great harmonious relationship between you and your wife building this business together, which is incredible. You've built the skill of public speaking. And so for anybody listening, as we're leaving them, what would be your other top things that you've been, you can say for yourself, this, this industry has brought this to my life beyond the finance, but beyond the flexibility, what else did it bring to you? And why, why is it worthy of pursuing? I think it's being proud of myself. Right, because I remember when we were walking on the street one day, and Claudia saying, "Hey, let's go get 
ice cream with the kids. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like there's maybe $12 in the bank. Like, I hope it's going to go through. So I'm not going to buy ice cream for myself because it's probably not going to go through. And so that those were challenging moments that once you've got the money, it's the little things of everyday life that don't matter anymore in terms of money that it, it just makes you feel great, right? And so I remember going to uh, getting the driver's license for my daughter she's going to pass the last test and and we get there and the guy at the counter says hey it's at 42 dollars or something like that it's 42 dollars and we didn't know there was another charge but my daughter said hey he said it's 42 dollars okay so i give the card and i pay and at that moment i realized oh my gosh like years ago this would have been a big deal this would have been where do I have the money in the bank? Do I put that on the credit card? I hope it's going to go through. Like, right. what are we going to do? And maybe like, what's am I going to cut this week to afford like this 40 something dollars? Right. But then it's just 40 bucks. Like it's, it's not, don't even think about it. You don't even and so, so it is those little things every day. It's not the big car, the big things. Yes, you, you get some of those, but it's the just living your life every day, feeling proud and walking in the street and like, I've accomplished something. I've helped other people. I've changed our lives. And so I think that's the big thing. It's, it's not so much the material. It's just who you, who you become. Yeah, that, that truly is the best gift. And I always say it like money just buys you better memories, just buys you better memories. You get to create yeah. better memories when you got money in the bank. And yeah. so I am so, th- you're a phenomenal human being. And I'm just so grateful that you said yes to coming on here <laughs> and sharing your story. And thank you for uh, the invite. I, oh, well, th- thank you for all your advice. I, I was writing notes, you guys, the whole time that he was talking, I was out there writing notes because there's one reoccurring thing with every successful person that I, I've spoken to so far is visualizing and feeling, feeling, because you can have a picture, you can make your vision board all you want, but you got to feel into that next version of yourself. And so I'm really, really grateful that you came on today and uh, I'm wishing you a phenomenal 2023. And I just know that our industry is just going to boom to a whole new level this year. Thank you. Absolutely. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. Well, thanks, Stefan.